Okay, and... And... Action. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. One. It's going it to be one of those nights. It's going to be one. It's going to be one of those nights. going to be. Okay. God damn, it's also good to see Nico back. Mm. Hey, man. Mm. Fuck you, God, Scott. Nico. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're recording in three, two. Welcome to the Wretched Hive podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. All right, we got a ton of stuff to talk about tonight. We're talking about Battle of the Stars. Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh, shoot. I already messed it up. We're talking about Lily Battle, James. Battle of the Network Stars was something else. Oh, shoot. Right. <laughs> Linda Carter was on it constantly, and that is not a bad also, thing. Also, not to, with the stars. With, not to be confused with Battle of the Planets, which was also something else. Is that was a cartoon. Yeah. Linda Carter right, on Battle exactly. of the Planets? I wish Linda Carter was in everything. Is Lily James on Battle of the Stars? I, I wish watch Lily that. James was in Linda Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome wow. to the Wretched Hive podcast, <laughs> not, everybody. Not, not, not actually who I wish was in Linda Carter, but okay. For <laughs> Friday, November 11th, 2022, my name is Steve Baldwin, and welcome to episode... Wait a minute. November 11th, Veterans Day? Veterans Day. Is it, is it also... Life Day, or is that the seventeenth? I need a little. I need a little help. Is is Life Day the seventeenth or the eleventh? Oh, where's our crack research team? Get on that. Well, something else that happens before all of that that I don't know if anybody else here acknowledged because I sure did, and uh, was <laughs> my mother and Greg's wedding anniversary. Yes. Yesterday. Yes, this is true. Happy is anniversary. True. Hey, happy anniversary. Mm-hmm. Way to thank go, you, thank man. You, thank you. Thank how many you years? Much. How many years you guys have in there? We just celebrated, and I say celebrated in the loosest of words because in the loosest of <laughs> terms here, I'm air quoting like a motherfucker yeah. because my wife is sick with COVID. Uh, but we celebrated 24 years on November the 8th. 24 oh, wow. glorious years. Congratulations. Yes, that congratulations. So very thank proud so of. Uh, I could not be happier, and I can't wait for 25 when I finally get to murder her. Mm. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that a laugh? here first, folks. If After 25, you up... do. That's what happened to Lisa. That's why we don't hear about Lisa anymore. Steve murdered her right on her, their 25th anniversary. Anywho, welcome to the show, uh, episode 239 of the Wretched Hive podcast. Now, as, now he just weekends and burnies her all over as, the place. Is what he does. <laughs> I just prop her up and shake her. Um, I just watched that. <laughs> uh, we've got some Star Wars to talk tonight, guys. We've got Andor episode, season one, Andor episode what? nine and ten. I'm sorry, what was that? And, Andor what? Thank you. Um, and uh, we've got a little show called... Tales of the Jedi that we're going to just talk about a little bit. I, I don't know how much. Oh, I thought it was Whales of the Jedi. I thought that. Oh, my God. I was wondering why there was all these fish that were involved. No, Emily I watched Latella, the wrong show. Guys. I watched the wrong show. <laughs> uh, have you watched any show that resembles anything like Star Wars in the last month? <laughs> I have. Not. OK, then. 
Yeah, that's right. we know. I'm you're with busy. you guys. I'm with you. You're, you've been a busy man. We can get. I have. You got through uh, Halloween though, successfully. I saw all your pictures, <laughs> and uh, Scott Evansky photography on uh, Instagram. By the way, go check it out. Very cool. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're welcome. So um, we're going to talk about some stuff tonight, and I am so glad to be joined by my friends Nico, Dave, Scott, and Greg. Welcome to the show, guys. The entire hive here together without a fancy intro. Five by five, sometimes they say. When they get a chance, yeah. When they get a chance to. <laughs> Way to jump all over my line there. Whenever you're, whenever they're listening to the show, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, however, however you listen to the show. <laughs> Is it Saturday you, morning? Scott. <laughs> Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Oh my God. Zuckerberg. Um. By the way, if you haven't done so, go ahead and go visit us at Facebook. That's at facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can leave a uh, a comment on any of our um, voluminous posts there on Facebook. Please do. Yep. In case you can't spell Hive. Mm-hmm. Am I doing this right? <laughs> yes. You, you nailed no. it. You nailed it. <laughs> and you can also find us on Instagram at Star Wars 77 on Instagram. Not um, owned by Elon Musk. Hive. If you're totally confused and you want to set us straight, give us a call or text to the Wretched Hive hotline. That's five six two. Yeah, four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five Hive. That's H I V E. Everybody and Margaret. In case you case can't, can't spell can't spell Hive. That's right. Do we, do we have Twitter? Right. Uh, yes, yes we have pod. Twitter. That's at RetchHivePod. Yeah, not with a blue check, everybody. <laughs> nah, we oh, didn't pay you on enough yet. That's right, yeah. yeah. Just, but show up for Twitter, watch watch somebody Can't set $44 billion dollars on fire. It's are, great. Are we going to pay the eight bucks uh, to no, be the we are actual not. Wretched Hive on Twitter? The real, real Wretched Hive? We're going to let somebody else pay the eight bucks to be Wretched Hive? On, Cheers. On, on Twitter? If you're yes, that much are. of a sucker, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I can't believe he's making us do that. That bastard. He actually, he didn't didn't uh, didn't Elon pull that back? He was he I, I no. read something today. He he they were rolling it out and he suddenly pulled it back and pissed off a bunch of his employees once Elon no. never pulls out. Well, I I I don't think so because God, somebody so, somebody has already walker. opened a uh, <laughs> Somebody's already opened a a verified LeBron James account and said he's demanding a trade for, from the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually be true. <laughs> that, 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 it, was, it was pretty strong, but no. What he rolled back this idea of they're going to give a gray check to wow. public publicly recognized figures or institutions so that you know it's really them, mm. and that he rolled back. Okay. Mm. So he's rolling well, because why not? <laughs> because he owns, well, he can do whatever he wants. All right. You know, Steve. Before we get into Star Wars news, I have yeah. something that is far, far from Star Wars news, mm. but I found it very fascinating. Tell it. Here in Southern California, we pretty much originated car chases, did we not? Are we? Are did? Has there ever been a car chase in modern recorded history? Before the state of California 
started allowing cars on freeways. I don't know. I Illinois don't so. had a big I, the, the Blues Brothers car I, chase was pretty. Big. I grew up watching <laughs> chips, and I swear to God, I thought that was all that happened on Los Angeles freeways when I was a kid. But it was. Talking, are you talking it about was. like there? You're talking there about like are the speed chases. The right? classic yes. car chases that are out there. Yeah. There are. There was a tank that drove through um, downtown San Diego. This is probably about 20 years ago. A literal tank that was stolen off an army base, crushing cars left and right, just absolutely batshit crazy. There was a guy who stole an RV probably about 10 years ago and raced this RV up and down Los Angeles until he finally crashed it somewhere. Yeah. Today, just today, mm. November the 9th, might be the third greatest car chase I've ever seen in my entire life. As Did anybody see it show, with me? November 9th. I did not. No. I did not. But I'm wondering if this is going to be like that scene in Ocean's Eleven where they recount the three greatest casino heists in the history of Las Vegas. (laughs) It should be. And I've already recounted the first two. The tank chase and the RV chase. Okay. This guy starts off around Knott's Berry Farm. And it it went in and around, all around, uh, let's call it Buena Park, Anaheim, Fullerton, up into like La Habra. And then it ended up back down so, in, so in these Orange are surface, County. And he's, and he's, surface streets, not freeways, right? Surface streets and freeways he's on. Surface okay. streets and freeways. And he's in this little black car. And at one point, he's he's driving. You know, some car chases are, are really much, are very much the slow speed chases, especially in traffic. Yeah. yeah. This guy gives zero fucks about traffic at all. Absolutely zero fucks. Driving 90 miles an hour down residential streets. Like, no kidding. Like, seriously dangerous stuff. He ends up... The the cops are not chasing him at this point. They only have helicopters following him. So he decides he's going to get out of his car and he's going to try and... and, and and hijack another vehicle, not like carjack with somebody in it. He's going to, you know, he's trying to break in this car. And he spends about two minutes trying to break this car. Do the cops arrive there and stop him and end this chase before any more shit happens? No, they do not. He can't break into the car because he looks like he's inept. Don't be fooled. He looks like he's inept. But he, so he gets back in his original car and he drives off. Drives it up to a, a townhouse association. And if you know townhouse associations, there's pretty much one way in and out of most of these things. And they're usually gated is what they are. But anyway, he manages to get this car in there and dumps the car because the car is hot at this point and finds a, a, like a passenger van, like a panel van kind of thing and manages to break into it. I don't know if the guy left the car open, manages to break into it. Cop pulls up behind him, knows he's trying to steal this car. Obviously the chase ends here, right? No, it does not. He backs up this car, forwards the car, backs the car, forwards the car, slamming into this cop car every time because it's the only cop car that's there <laughs> until he manages to wedge out this giant passenger van and starts tearing through the parking lot of this townhouse association, zooming towards the one entrance, the one exit to get out of here, where there are three cop cars waiting. Obviously, this chase ends here, right? <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> Oh he bursts through this exit, narrowly missing all these cars, and bursts onto the freeway. Chase continues on. They're going on. And again, driving like a million miles an hour on surface streets, on the freeways, does not matter. He finally comes up to a busy intersection, wedges himself. Oh, I forgot to mention, he's lost a tire at this point on this van. One of the tires <laughs> is missing. So he pulls up this intersection, which is crowded, wedges himself between two cars, at which point 
the truck is blocked in. It's locked up. Like, it's not going anywhere. He is just has his foot on the gas, and there's smoke pouring out of this car. The tire that was lost is spinning on its rim, catches on fire. The cops are now sitting right on top of him. Obviously, the chase ends here. No, no, no. it does not. <laughs> what did you do next, Greg? <laughs> he, jumps, <laughs> did you... <laughs> he jumps out of this van, starts running down the street, hops a couple of fences, finds somebody's, <laughs> jumps into somebody's backyard whose back slider is open, runs into the house through the back. The camera from the helicopter that's following him swings over to the front of the house, at which point, like, four people from inside of the house, and then the suspect, fists flying all over the place because they're all fighting with each other. Obviously, these guys take him down and end this chase right here. No way, do not. He jumps in their car, which apparently this guy is a gardener because he's got all these kind of gardening tools. (laughs) And I don't know if he left the keys in his car, but then he jumps in this gardening truck. All of this is true, by the way. All of this happened just today. Oh, my God. There's there's a a small part of me. I know this guy's obviously like a criminal, but I kind of hope he gets away. (laughs) You've got to respect the dedication and the effort that he's putting into it, right? Right. Yes, Yes, exactly. He takes off in this car, in in this truck, this passenger truck. And now he's driving up this it's, – it's somewhere in, in La Habra. It's Hacienda Street because he went up and down it like three times. But it's a two-lane highway twisting through the mountains, right? And he is going around cars on the left on the shoulder of this room. He's going straight down the middle of the road. Again, like 90 miles an hour. Gives zero fucks about any of the cars. Right? And at this point, he's hit like a dozen cars. Between all the cars that he's hijacked at this point, he's hit like a dozen cars. Pulls up into a cul-de-sac. There's no way out. There are six <laughs> police cars at the other end of this cul-de-sac waiting to block him in. Does the chase it, end here? It has to end No, here, it does not. <laughs> I, okay, I take I back. I, I take back what I said about hoping the guy gets away. The, the, so, what what kind of a a frame of mind must you be in to to do? So, how long had it gone on by this time? Did you see Scarface? Did you see the mountain of coke that he was doing? That's what this guy was doing. So, I have been watching this car chase for about an hour and a half at this point. Oh <laughs> this guy's got Wait. posters of OJ in his room for sure. <laughs> Is it still going on, Greg? That's what I no. want to know. No, oh. because it ends when he crosses the border of Mexico. <laughs> Dude, if it's a Thelma Louise where he just jumps off the side of a cliff. He he somehow dodges and weaves he doesn't hit a single cop car when he's barreling through the gauntlet of cop cars that are blocking him him into this cul-de-sac and goes back up that one lane road that he was just on respectfully greg i have to say if he gets through without hitting any of the cop cars i can't really describe what the cop cars are doing as blocking him in (laughs) true true very true anyway i continue (laughs) and so does he So he's driving through whatever city he's in at this point. He's lost another tire on his truck now. This car is now spitting up sparks. And he can't and it gets to the point where he can't make a turn for shit. Not (laughs) at all. So 
he barrels through this one section and nails like four cars. It's like uh, it's like a pinball table. He's like bing bang bing bong bing bong all through this all through this road here. Goes to the next road, bing bong bing bong bing bong, and he's just hitting cars left and right. And he's obviously not able to steer this car at all. A cop from behind him at this point says, "Fuck it, I don't care what else is going on. This chase is going to end right now." And slams his the back of his of his patrol car into this into the suspect's vehicle, doing about thirty or forty miles an hour, where the other car is almost stopped. The front end of the car just the cop car just explodes basically, and just it just all kinds of shit and metal flying out. Oh, the the suspect car flies into a car a, a, an innocent bystander car that's on the street, and then into a gas station. Does it stop there? <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> this motherfucker throws this beat ass car that can barely even drive at this point, throws it in reverse, and starts ramming the cop car that hit him at this point. Wow. There are there are fifteen cop cars that have all pulled out. There's about thirty cops, because there's like two cops in each car. They all start shooting their guns at this guy. Like all of them start shooting their guns at this guy. Because they realize he ain't gonna stop for shit, right? Obviously, he's dead from all these gunshots, right? No, he's oh not. <laughs> no, he's not. They pull his living ass out of that car and throw him in the back of the cop car. <laughs> wow. wow. Oh, my At God. Points, the chase finally, after about an hour and 45 minutes, finally ends. Okay. I want to know the make and the model of that car because that is the best bulletproof car ever. Seriously. It- they the the helicopter after it all went down the helicopter went in for a close up of the guy's car and the windows were all shot out there were bullet holes just riddled across the thing it was wow amazing the man's name amazing Harrison Ford because <laughs> he's a superhero so Greg wow. were you describing wow, a, an actual man. car chase on the streets of Southern California or was that the beginning of the next Beverly Hills Cop movie? Yeah. It it could it it was a Fast and the Furious movie. It was every like how did nothing stop this guy? How is that even possible? I hope nobody was hurt. I mean, aside from this guy, I mean, you know, hopefully no pedestrians well, or, or remember the the injured. funny thing was, remember I told you that at the end of the chase, his when the cop hit his car, he got pushed into an innocent bystander car. The bystander got out and got tackled by about four or five cops himself and dragged away in cuffs. And I don't know why he was dragged away in cuffs. They mistook him. <laughs> I mean, for the... maybe he's going after the cops because he saw the cops push their car into his car. And maybe he was fighting with them because of that. I don't know. Wow. But there was so much, there was so much that happened in this car chase. That's why I say it has to be the third greatest car chase in California history. Wow. That's, that in, that's incredible. insane. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. And thank you for coming to my Ted talk. <laughs> and and to to watch that live had had just had to be insane. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, it, it started and it was all during rush hour traffic too. That's the crazy thing is is watching this guy drive. Uh, there's there's a video. So if you go to YouTube and look up KABC seven, there's a video that's of the entire chase. It's about an hour and forty five minutes long. Um, and just click to any part of this chase and you see him just like zipping doing like 90 miles an hour in and out of like all the way across freeway traffic. No. Oh. Wow. Insane. Whew. 
All right. Wow. Now do we want to talk about Star Wars? Good story. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. Yeah. Let's get to uh, let's get to the news, guys. Here we go. From ABC News World Headquarters. This is ABC World News tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the wretched hive. So be it. Well, this producer has gotten lazy because this isn't exactly news. But it is Andor season. Oh, one. I got a piece. I got a piece of news. You want a piece of news? Sure. I got a piece of news. Give me some news. <laughs> wow! Wow! I can't believe you can stand up on your desk like that. Wow! <laughs> no. that's, that's um, balancing. Star Wars has another director, guys. Yes. <laughs> well, allegedly. What? Allegedly. So the next director that they've hired and not fired yet. Is going to be uh, Sean Levy. Sean Levy is he's directed. He seems to be directing a lot of Ryan Reynolds movies, which leads me to believe that we're going to have Ryan Reynolds in the Star Wars universe. Which I, I don't question, know that I'm exactly. One question for with. you, though. One question. Did it come from Lucasfilm? No, it did not come oh, from Lucasfilm. Because Kath it's Kennedy all... is not not allowed to announce these things anymore. That's right. It is all <laughs> unofficial, but an unannounced Sean Levy project. It's apparently going on the docket with the Benioff and Weiss project and the Ryan Johnson project and the Taika Waititi project and the Patty My Jenkins God. project. And the Kevin Feige project. <laughs> and the Kevin Feige project. And the Damon Lindelof project. Thank you very much. I knew I'm missing. It goes, it goes on and on and on forever. So add another name to the list of a product we'll probably never see. So now is that the, news? Yeah, it's news. Whether it's real or not um, is is something to be debated. But you know, D- Dave's side comment there brings up a good point, and I I think there I I've read a story somewhere that Kathleen Kennedy was was directed by Disney executives to stop announcing things, and you kind of said it flippantly, Dave. But have you? Am I making that up, or did you read that as well? No, I I read that as well. Okay. And and honestly, it makes sense because Disney Lucasfilm is owned by Disney, which is a publicly traded company. So if you're announcing that there's a Patty Jenkins product coming out, like it's a firm thing and it's going to happen, theoretically that can have an impact on the stock price. Well, and then if it doesn't come out, theoretically Disney could get in trouble for that. Well, on the mm-hmm. on the, Patty, so on the I I think given the haphazard nature of how Lucasfilm product has been going lately. I think it's wise that they, they do try to clamp down on this and not make announcements until things are a bit further along. The, the cake batter is a little, little firmer in the oven. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think do. we would all be happy if they let let, yeah, let those bake, let, bake up a little bit before they start, you know, getting everybody excited about whatever's happening with rogue squadron or whatever's not happening with any of that bullshit. So yeah. Cause it, it's yeah. not uncommon at all for projects to start off and for studios to throw money at them or production companies to throw money at them and then decide that it's just not happening and cut their losses and move on. That happens every freaking day in Hollywood, just usually not as publicly and as visibly as it's been happening over at uh, the Lucasfilm house. Sometimes they make an entire movie about Batgirl and let that sit on the shelf and just say that's never going to be released. Damn or it. They, or they make that film about Batgirl and destroy the negatives so that it can never be seen. <laughs> you know, the, the Patty Jenkins um, announcement was particularly troubling. And still to this day, 
I I think that that is actually happening because Lucasfilm produced that little short that yeah. was played during the investor meeting, like the quarterly shareholders meeting or whatever, where it was Patty yeah. Jenkins in a flight suit with an X-Wing behind her. Yeah. Talking, Talking about, about how her dad was a pilot. Yes. And I, I man, I, I, I think the fact that that has, has been so bumpy is the big reason why they're saying you, you need to cool your jets a lot a lot on doing this stuff. So it doesn't surprise me at all that they've brought in Sean Levy and it's an unattached project and they're trying not to make it public, but somehow it became public. Let's not forget the Ryan Johnson, Johnson uh, trilogy announcement that happened before. Um, not rise of the last Jedi even came out before the month before, I think, or maybe two months before the last Jedi came out. Yeah. And then the last yeah, Jedi was what it was. We don't have to debate that again. And then all that's right because it's no one Ryan of the greatest Johnson. Star Wars movies ever made. Right. That's why Ryan Johnson's not going to make any more Star Wars movies. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, it's it, it's a it's a strange thing that she does, and 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 that we're here again. And now we've got this these rumors about Lindelof, and they're hiring that director from. Um, uh, that directed Miss Marvel. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one was off my radar too. Yeah, it, it's hard to keep track of all the Star Wars movies that are not happening, though, Greg. So I completely understand that. Yeah, Damon Lindelof, showrunner for Lost, The Leftovers, and Watchmen, is co-writing the new Lucasfilm movie. I'm reading from uh, CNBC. Uh, this is dated October 24th. So not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, um, is co-written by, um, sorry, is uh, co-writing the new Lucasfilm movie with Charmaine Obaide Chinoy. Anybody? Am I saying that right? Of Miss Marvel, who is signed on to direct. You nailed it. Weird. So well I, done. Who knows? So, yeah, I don't know. Nico, what say you? Did it come from Lucasfilm? That's the thing. I agree. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nico's on the show. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's get into Andor, guys. Now, uh, Andor I, what? Andor. Andor. <laughs> um, Andor. I uh, mentioned it before we started recording, yes. and I was told to save it. Yeah. Now, is it stop possible the show could get any better? My God, the show okay. is fucking great. All right, Greg, I'll watch <laughs> the damn show already. You know what's impressive is I will I will grant you the first episode is slow. The second episode picks up a little bit. The third, it really does not get going until episode three. And Steve says that even takes a while itself. And I'll yeah. grant him that as well. Yeah. But what they have done is they have made each episode better than the last. And you want to see, after you get through the third episode, you want to see the next episode right fucking now. And this show has just grown on me exponentially every time it's come on. I want to watch the entire thing over again already. It is fantastic. It is my favorite thing that's been on this year, hands down. Wow. I, I okay. agree. It's I agree. It's definitely building on its success, 
And if I look back on it, I don't know that you could actually start it in a different location than it did. As slow mm-hmm. as those first couple episodes are, as much as a what the hell are we doing here feeling as I had over those first three hours, I don't know that you can eliminate them mm-hmm. and still have all the, the quote unquote good stuff that happens episode four forward make as much sense or have as much resonance. Everything has meaning and not and you're not watching this to catch the Easter eggs. You're watching it because you're riveted and you remember back to the stuff that happened earlier in the episodes. And it's it's storytelling that we haven't seen in Star Wars in 30 years. <laughs> and, and by the way, what you said about Easter eggs, Greg, that's something that Marvel probably needs to pay a little attention to. Yeah, Focus a little yeah. more on telling the story and a little less on is there this cool Easter egg that we can slip in here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I agree with everything you just said, and I'm going to present a different argument around the show because okay. there is a fraction of Star Wars fandom that likes the show, mm-hmm. but that feels like it's not enough Star Wars that that they go to Star Wars for escapism, for droids, for aliens, for lightsabers, for the Force. And those things are not in this show. This is a Star Wars show without a single lightsaber. And we're 10 it, episodes in. So I just... not need a lightsaber. <laughs> and, and I think that's a fair... It's a fair point to debate, though. Steve, and I think we've, we've touched on that a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Just this idea of does Star Wars need to have all those <clears throat> all those elements need to be present for it to be Star Wars? I'm not convinced that they do. I want to see how this whole thing plays out over the next year or two before I really render a final judgment on that, but I'm excited by what I'm seeing so far because unlike Solo, which didn't have lightsaber, didn't really have lightsabers, didn't really have the Force, had a lot of those other elements and wasn't that great of a, a product. This is fan freaking tastic. Outside, I, I, get, I get how it doesn't feel like Star Wars, but I love it all the same. And 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 here here's the counter argument I'll I'll bring up in episodes four, five, and six. They're never more than two people in the entire universe even know how to use lightsabers aside from a brief moment when there's three but the the first three movies are not filled with lightsabers you have darth vader who uses one in every single movie you have obi-wan who uses one sparingly in the first movie he pulls out his lightsaber twice in the first movie and once for a second to chop a guy's arm off and then you have Luke. That's who, that is time who, efficiency, though, Greg. Who, right who there. waves it? Just who, a second. Who, who, done. <laughs> he waves it around for a couple of seconds in the in episode four, and then doesn't use it again until the end of episode five and the end of episode six. No, he well, does, the, he be, does. The, be, the beginning and the end of episode six. The beginning and the he, end of episode six. He, no, he trains also in in episode four. We're kind of just waves it around he, a little bit. That, that's what I'm saying. He waves it around like an idiot. Oh, I thought you meant when he picks it up in the in Obi Wan's hut, and it's kind of so yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. and, 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 and and he and he fights the little thing, and he gets shot in the in the nuts with it, or whatever About. he gets shot. You know, fair enough, but, fair enough. 
But yep. he really doesn't use it other than that. So, I, so there's I, not. It's not like the the movies are wall to wall lightsabers. Well, that's true. But I there's a lot more to Star Wars than just you know the lightsaber. I mean, and I and I'm not look. I I, I want to make the point that I'm not necessarily agreeing with this argument, but I'm just. I'm posing this you're, for discussion. Yes, you're, you're giving voice to it, and I do think it's a valid it's a valid question to ask. And the, the, thank you, Dave. And the, the part that I miss that I, I think I voiced in the first three episodes, and we really haven't talked about it since then, is is the mysticism part of of what Star Wars is, um, and the the battle between good and evil, represented by the light and the dark and the Jedi and the Sith. That's nowhere to be found in this. I mean, and, and, and there's no correct, force. but it's also because That's it takes right. place in a moment in time when that battle's pretty much been won by the Sith. Like, I think it would be hard to do a show like this mm. set in, say, the, the era of the High Republic that they're doing a lot of books and, and comic books around right now, which is the height of the Jedi power. You know, I, I think it would be tough to tell a star wars story in that moment that it has an absence of the jedi or the force or everything because that is pretty prevalent at that point it, it i don't know if this negates or, or anything the argument that's being made but this is a story that's very specific to this moment in time and i think that's part of why it works and and this is a period to dave's point this is a period of time where where palpatine is specifically out there to crush these hokey religions that are out there and just have his will be the will of the galactic empire. And how do you get to a point where there are all these rebel factions that come together to stand up to the, to the empire without the need for lightsabers, without the need for the force. They all believe in the force. They all say, may the force be with you. That's one thing we haven't heard yet in this show is may the force be with you. And I think that's the payoff at the end of the season, or at least into next season is, is the may the force be with you. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think we're going to jump forward in time quite a bit is what I'm reading. Um, you know, cause we've got to get close to the beginning of rogue one by the end of season two mm. is, is so what I'll, saying, is I'll what play catch up with you guys. So, I, yep. I swear when I, when I get a chance to sit down and go through the show, but what I'm sensing from you guys in this discussion is something that I really enjoyed about rogue one. Although if you look at rogue one, so Steve, you brought up the mysticism part and then the lightsabers, if, whether it's your argument or just like yeah, Dave yeah. said, bringing voice to it. Um, it's there. It's just done sparingly. So the mysticism part to me are the two, uh, I'm always going to forget their names. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the protector of the journal of the wills. Um, right. Yeah. Chip, what's his name? Chirrut Imwe. Chirrut Imwe. Yeah, and, uh, and his and, buddy. And his buddy. Um, so <laughs> I, I like that, that it's there, but what's fascinating is it's not truly there. They're just representing it or protectors of it. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. He says it over and, and I, over and over. And I love that. It's a belief in something that they're actually not part of. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they want to be a part of it, they're just not the actual conduits, the people that actually can use the force. Yeah. And that's they what haven't I've gotten the space bugs. They haven't gotten space herpes. That's right. That's right. They haven't gotten. We. I'm not going down that path. Don't <laughs> dare bait me, Greg. Don't space, bait me. Space VD. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So that's that's what I loved about Rogue One. It's what mm -hmm. you guys are talking about. 
but it just has a little sprinkle in it that serves the story. Um, we get to see Vader with the saber. It's done such in such a great way. Right. So if it's not in the show yet, maybe that is something. You said it's going to go for two seasons? It's, it's yeah, locked for is. two seasons for sure. Okay. So th- this first season is going to be 12 episodes, and, and the second one they've already said will be another 12. So there's 24 episodes of Andor coming in total yeah. between the two th- seasons. So to me, and once I get to this point where we can have this discussion a little bit more in detail, is it sounds like the Rogue One part of Rogue One that I really enjoyed of not being Star Wars. It's there, it's in the universe, but these people aren't directly linked to the whole Skywalker Force connection. And I think that's fascinating. and, and, And the more it goes on, I think the more you see the Star Wars-y and stuff creep into it i mean the machinations of the isb and the games they all play even internally shows what kind of structure that organization complete uh, organization has and how they're always looking to manipulate things to their advantage um it's it's just wonderful storytelling it's really so it's so good the middle managers of the isb trying to climb over one another to gain favor of the mm-hmm. uh, essentially of the upper management. And so can can we get into this a little bit? This, this is can you believe how fucking evil these guys are? So yes. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the the interrogation scene. And sorry, this is going to be some spoilers, Scott. I apologize, but That's you, right. you step away if you need to, but we got to talk it about is. this. The interrogation of Bix. Mm-hmm. Poor poor last beautiful, episode. Beautiful last Bix. episode. Oh, this episode was episode nine. Was that the beginning? Yeah, this is episode nine. The beginning of episode nine starts out with Bix is is going to be interrogated, and the way she's interrogated, the way they they pressure her into talking, is by making her listen to the screams of dying children from a planet that got <laughs> annihilated, and they yes. they realize that the imperial officers that were watching this annihilation. The, the screams were 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 uh, torture because the officers were like balled up in the corner and shaking, um, just absolutely chilling. Yeah, yeah. And so they save this and use it in their free, free, in, for their future interrogation slash torture methods, and all of the correlations between that torture scene and the Leia torture scene. Yes. This is the one Easter egg they put in there. Um, you know, tying in to how torture is part of the empire and what they do. It's always just baked into the, in, into the, into the cake, you know? Well, there's, yeah, the, it may be a different flavored cake, yeah. but it's the same cake. Well, there's, mm-hmm. well, there's one shot where in, in episode four, when Leia's cell block door closes and the camera pans down and over to watch to the, the feet, yeah. to, the to, feet. to the feet walking away. Yeah. I, that, that, that is a, a shot. shot for, that is a shot recreation of yes. episode four. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys got and that And I too. think almost exactly done. Yeah. So good. So good. Um okay. a lot of talk about whether the 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 doctor uh Dr. Torture, whatever his name is, um that uh works on Bix perhaps trained or built the torture droids in uh episode 4 that we see later. Oh. On. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the originator of those. The I can see that. Those, sure. Yeah. Uh, huh. Meanwhile, we have Mon Mothma, who is, uh, you know, trying to um, persuade or pretending to persuade the the Senate, um, uh, you know, that 
that the imperial um, measures they're taking are so severe and no one's listening to her. They're turning the lights off in the imperial chambers. And, and I don't know if you heard someone yell, long live the empire in the background. <laughs> um, I thought that was kind of fun. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I love the juxtaposition that they're doing here, that yeah. this is someone who is so important and so successful as the leader of the Rebel Alliance. And she's kind of a failure in her home life. She doesn't have a great relationship with her husband. She doesn't have a strong relationship with her daughter. So her family relationship is horrible. And and she doesn't seem to be being that effective in the Senate anymore either. You know, like here's someone who's super critical and will wind up being super successful in what she does. And yet from all external appearances, she's not, she's just, she's a complete struggle. In everything that she's doing. Is and I, I love I love that juxtaposition and how real it feels for the moment and how much of that is is her even playing it up so that she won't be suspected as right. a successful rebel leader. The the part that I find fascinating about this is because she 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 is failing as a senator. Like she sees where her her position of power is is diminishing. <clears throat> and so she realizes she well, she's coming to realize the evil of the of the emperor and the empire and and what it's meaning for the galaxy. So she's using her own personal resources to help fund this rebellion, but it's digging a deeper hole for herself because she's what she's realizing is that she's is that all of the senators' funds and means and and how they live is all being tracked by the empire and it's only a matter of time before she's discovered so now that she knows she has to commit one way or the other because she's going to be find found out that she's that she's basically funding this rebellion right and so her partner the guy i can't remember his name right now um uh he looks like a young tennis tom i don't know is he tennis tom i don't know well, he, he looks like a young Terrence Stamp, though. He he suggests Ooh, that's a good call. He yeah he he suggests um you know I've got this guy that I was thinking about uh, Davos Skolden I think or Davo Davos Skolden. That's a horrible name, by the way. I would never trust somebody with that name. And she's like, no, I'm not meeting with him. He's a you know, he's a criminal. It's a scoundrel. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in episode 10, they do meet, and boy, what a meeting it is. Um, well, we're going to get there in a second. First, we have to talk about uh, Deidre and, um, uh, oh, not Luthen. Luthen is, um, oh, these character names, I'm still not, I still don't have yeah, them down. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I feel your pain. Oh, I struggle Cyril. the same way. Cyril is, Cyril is Cyril. The, uh, the young, uh, handsome guy that, that's the security officer that was interrogated by Deidre and he's basically he's stalking her outside of her office right and he stops her and if the if these do if these two don't hook up by the end of the series I will be supremely disappointed because they're gonna be this crazy power couple where she's completely the dom and he's totally submissive it's gonna be magic I I was just gonna say if those two don't grudge fuck by the end of this thing it's a very (laughs) missed opportunity <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just it's going to be completely free devoid of love or romance it's just going to be this weird 
hate slash attraction that that's what's going to cause the sparks. I, I, that's obviously already going on. He's like, I'm I'm obsessed with you. I can't stop thinking about that. There's someone that thinks like I do, and she's like, if you come here again, I'll have you put in a cage in the outer rim. That's. But there's T- some attraction Tickle your there. ass with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, one. So this is not, I did not know this, but I, I saw this on CNET, so I won't cop to, to figuring this out myself. But um, the actor who plays Olaf, the, the old guy that dies in the prison, and mm-hmm. we don't have to go into mm-hmm. the details for Scott's sake. Uh, that actor's name is Christopher Fairbank. He was in, you guys are going to love this, he was in 1989's Batman, and he was the okay. terrified uh, criminal who uh, Batman holds up and says, I'm Batman. Oh, no way. Yes, same guy. Wow. How about that? Mm. So that, that's a segue, though, to the, the section we haven't talked a lot about mm. from episode nine, which is the prison. And that's my segue to talk about the absolutely magnificent job that Andy Circus is doing oh, throughout god. all of oh these my episodes. God. Oh my god! Absolutely. Am I? Am I? Am I? I hope I'm not alone on that. No. No. He's he is he is fantastic. And when we get to the end of the talk, um, I've I've I have a feeling about Andy Circus's character, and I want to know if it holds any water. But I'm going to save it till we get to the end. Oh, of the holds episode. any water? I he see what you did there. <laughs> 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 In another great bit of writing, but we'll 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 get there in a minute. Um, does it have anything to do with him becoming Snoke? Yes. Beca- okay. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. So sliding into episode ten here, um, the prison break episode. But but episode, hang on. But the the whole arc of him throughout episode nine. There's okay, that yeah. that wonderful. That wonderful bit where he, where Cassie Andor is trying to organize a prison break throughout yeah. episode nine. And Andy Serkis' character is the leader of all the prisoners on that floor. He's like, no, I'm not letting this happen. We're, we are all, there's this group of us that are so close to getting out. I'm not letting you mess this up. Mm-hmm. And then they learn yes. that you don't get out of prison. You just get shifted to another floor to continue doing the same work. And that, that transition where at the end of the episode, Cashin asks him the question. And it, it reminded me of that, mm-hmm. that a famous episode of Star Trek The Next Generation that was written specifically to talk about torture victims and what they go through. Mm-hmm. And Captain Picard was kidnapped in that episode and was shown four lights being on and kept being asked, how many lights are there? And he would say four. And then he would get the shit beat out of him and be told, no, there's only three. And that was the point is they were trying to break him to get him to where he would only say three. And finally, and it just, I don't know why it resonated for me that Andy Serkis keeps saying, no, I'm not going to help you, Cashin. I'm not going to answer your questions. I'm not going to tell you what I know. And then at the end of that episode, Cashin asks him the same question he's been asking through the whole episode. How many guards are there on each floor? And Circus doesn't turn around and look at him and just says, there are never more than 12. And they cut right to a title card. Mm-hmm. And Greg, that was the first moment for me where I was like, shit, I want to see what happens next right now. That was yeah. the first time watching it where I was like I want to see the next episode right right now mm-hmm. and, it was, and it was so so great watching him do that transition from I'm committed I'm I'm doing my thing I'm playing my part I've been broken to now suddenly nope well, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over here we're gonna yeah. figure this out and we're gonna do a prison break which was the pretty much the entirety of episode 10 right yeah 
Yes, pretty much. Before we move on, uh, your comment made me think of another part of episode nine that I didn't catch until later. So the prisoners are marching on one of the bridge, the bridge thing, and the lights go out. Like the power goes down for a second. And later on, we find out that the prisoner that got transferred out of one floor or got released from prison, Mm -hmm. but really just transferred to another floor. And then his his former unit found out about it and tried to revolt and they had to the empire had to fry all those men kill 200 men or something like that yeah killed 100 men all at the same time that's why the power went out because they fried all those guys that took it took all the power of the whole station to fry all those men on that floor just ugh, horrible fucked up dude yeah (laughs) (laughs) but such good writing like i because i didn't really catch it the first time around and then at the end of the episode i'm like oh that's why the power went out so let me ask you something because there's a lot of of speculation on the internet about this what are they building like it's this assembly line where they're building something does anybody have any theories on what it is that they're building it's it's the same thing over and over and over again that they're all building and i think nico's right i think it's a part of the death star i mean i it almost looked like it was like a piece of the of a tie fighter cockpit you know the, the the window cockpit piece but um you know everything's got spokes in in yeah the empire anyway so it's it, i i think it's parts of the death star that they just they need to make a million and a, a bazillion of these panels yeah and so they just have these guys working on this 24 7 if you're building so a this is the, the weird thought that i have globe is yeah sorry steve let me just do this real quick yep what is it possible that they have like Floor five assembling all these panels, but then below them is floor six where they just take the panels down there and their job is to disassemble them. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is possible. Yep, that is possible. Sorry to cut you off, buddy. No, 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 you're good. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if you're building a huge globe that holds a million men, you're going to need a lot of those sort of like spider like panels, glue them all together. (laughs) <laughs> probably bold. it's it, it's it's just another step in the never-ending yes. quest to answer kevin smith's fucking question from clerks how did they get all the guys to build this fucking thing <laughs> now we know now we know. independent you're aver- contractors you're, yeah your average imperial stormtrooper doesn't gonna know how to how to install a toilet <laughs> <laughs> all right so episode 10 uh, the prison break episode mm-hmm. and it, it's so well choreographed we finally figure out why Cassian has been um, going into the bathroom and sawing, trying to saw through that tube. He's trying to break the yep. water pipe, uh, which causes uh, a um, a short causes the floor to short when they when they turn it on uh, mm-hmm. to fry the guys. Um, but they have this all choreographed. He tells the guys, um, "I'd rather um, die trying to prevent trying to get out of here than give them what they want." Which is a line repeated later by Andy Circus over the megaphone once they take over the, yeah, the um, whatever the control room. Um, but again, so so well executed, and um, I, I just I just loved everything about this episode. I I I don't want to jump to the end with the water because I think that was the brilliant part of the writing of this episode. But um, I, I'm I'm kind of flaming out here. What are the, what what stood out for you in this episode, Greg? Um, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's just the whole, it, they really ignored a lot of the parts of the story 
Um, although there's there's a, just a couple of extended pieces of such good writing. Um, you get Andy Serkis's inspirational speech. At the very end of the episode, you get Stellan Skarsgård and his speech to the spy. Um, oh, that's so good. Just, so good. Yeah, just, I mean, those are the things that stand out to me. Just, you know, the, the Andy Serkis speech specifically, where I'm, I'm, we're not really cutting to the very end end, but you know, they, they, you know, they, they get the power cut to the, to the whole, to the whole floor, basically with, with Andor slicing the pipe. They fight their way up to the main control center and they manage to turn down, turn off all the power to all the floors. So nobody can be fried. And then Andy circus gets on the microphone and, you know, he's the one that's got to inspire them all to work because he's been the leader of the floor. He's been there, you know, longer than most people he knows and when he's talking this is the brilliant part of the cinematography of it is when he's talking he's staring straight down the barrel of the camera so he's looking at all of us in the in the audience you know he's talking yeah. to, you know you're watching this and he's talking directly to you and you couldn't help but like i wanted to go fucking fight those guys too yeah. man <laughs> and, and it was it was such a great character bit too not just for for andy but for the the and the cassian andor character too because cassian's the title character Mm-hmm. And yet that character knows I can't be the one to direct all the men to get out of here. I haven't gone through everything. I don't know everything. It's got to be you. And his role is literally just to stand over there and, and kind of scream at, at Andy Circus. This has to be you. And Circus does a magnificent job of conveying that that every man who doesn't know what to say, right? It, it's not Captain America in the Winter Soldier where, where Steve Rogers just leans in and just lets it rip because he's Steve Rogers and he's good with the speechifying. Circus doesn't know what he's going to say and doesn't know that it's going to be effective. And he still manages to convey that humanity and yet still have it be effective. It, it was a wonderful, wonderful bit of writing, wonderful performance. I honestly hope that they uh, they submitted for an Emmy nomination for it because it's deserved. Certainly deserving. The 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 monologue speech at the end from Luthen um, when he's asked by the Imperial turncoat um, sorry spoiler alert there's an Imperial turncoat we figure out spy. who is in this episode he's a spy. The, the spy right um, who asks Luthen well what's your sacrifice and yeah. uh, I have part of it here yeah. he says <laughs> he, 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 the camera comes into his face and he says calm kindness kinship love I've given all I've given up all chance of inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless place. I share my dreams with ghosts. And and he goes on. Um it's it's like a, a one minute monologue. It's just Yeah. Absolutely the, the, perfect. The the, the, the gist you know, it, well another it's not the gist of it. One another one of the lines he uses is that it's he's using his enemy's tactics against him. Yeah. So he's becoming what he hates, you know? And right. and he hates himself for it, but he can't stop. Yeah fuck just so amazing and i'll never have and a, monologuing I, I, is so stereotypical in movies and yet they do it so well here it, it's almost it's very shakespearean it is, in that it's it done is. and it works because that's how shakespeare writes all of his great plays all the all the great things that people want to do are the monologue speeches from shakespeare and there mm-hmm. were two of them in this episode that were fantastic mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he says, "And so you're not leaving. I need all the heroes I can get." Closes the door on the, on the guy. Yeah, sends him back to work. <laughs> yeah, I rec- yeah I really recruited great. you to be my hero to keep me going. So you're not letting yeah. me down, buddy. Right. Yeah, his, the 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 you know before he does that, he's like he 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 sums it all up. He's like, "So what did I give up? Everything." Yes, and it's just the fucking right. the the 
the hate that comes out with that everything and the 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 dripping off of every syllable as he as he spits it out you know and it's and just fantastic Skarsgård just uh you know just the weight of his acting um is just really really on on display there in yeah. that scene <clears throat> um we we need to talk about the last scene with um Andy Circus and his character and and the water because yeah. I think I had I, think I had that, a very unprofessional reaction to that. I'm not going to lie. The the the, the this is this does is it have why, to do with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? I, you are always <laughs> in my head, Greg Lentz. I can well, always count on you for that. Well, this 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 scene is one of the reasons that this show is special because the writing here is so great. Andy Serkis's character inspires the the other um, inmates to action. He gets everyone going. They get to the top floor of the prison everyone's They've reached jumping their out. escape point they, they get to the escape everyone's jumping out into the water and andy circus says i can't swim so he knew. the fall will kill you and i know I, that's what i said i said what are you worried about the man the fall will probably kill you but but again the great the great writing of this is you're kind of expecting cashin to go over and reassure him and they jump yeah. together or something right. like that and no, the mob of people, the the literal just just you know lemming mentality of everybody jumping off of the edge in a mob scene, Cashin just gets bumped and grabbed by other people and carried mm-hmm. over the edge before he can even react to what Circus just told him mm-hmm. that that brutal confession, and so we're left not even knowing does his character get off the prison or is he stuck there after inspiring the great the greatest mass prison break the empire will ever see. So did Which, so so did Circus's character know all along that he was inspiring everybody to get up and jump off into the water, but knowing that he's not going to make it himself? Yeah, one way Probably. out, of course, right? One I way mean, out. They all uh, knew exactly where they were going. Exactly. One way out. He knew from the very from the yeah. very moment he opens his lips and says those words. He. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yes, because they they come in on an aerial transport with windows, so they can see they can see the prison the prison cell that they're in. It's not like it's a surprise or something. Like they just get up there and it's like, oh fuck, we're in the middle of the ocean. What just happened here? That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if they actually knew that they were in. If they get to the top of that, they're like, oh fuck, well that's the only way to go now. So here we go. And that and he's like, I can't swim. So so my question because. Obviously, Andy Circus plays Snoke. We all we all know that. But when he so when the the people in the control room are talking to all the inmate, inmates, there's a voice synthesizer on there that deepens the voice. And so when Circus is talking on there, his voice is very Snoke reminiscent when he's talking on there. So as he recaptured and tested on and tortured and is that how snoke is born is are they gonna are they actually gonna do that interesting i i I almost wonder if that's a fun little easter egg though yeah Yeah, i I mean i i can only imagine we'll see him again he's too good a character just to have for the three episodes he was in or whatnot you know he's too good of a character so I think we have to see him again. Yeah, every. But I scene, don't know that. I, I I don't know that his story ends well. Every scene he's in is he elevates every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. I mean, scene is mm-hmm. better because he's in it. That'd be it. It would be a shame for for that to be it for Andy Circus. It's too bad that that you know this this could be it for him. And so it's such a weird you know. 
this show, the well, this this series does like closure for characters. There's not many characters whose stories are left open-ended like that. And this is a real open end to that story. I mean, the last we see him is standing, there's literally a shot of him peering out over the edge as the other men are like leaping to their freedom around him. And he's just standing there staring, knowing he can't go. But the look on his face when he realizes that what he's done for all the other men, but now he can't join them. And that mm-hmm. like bittersweet sorrow yeah. that he's experiencing. Heartbroken. It's, 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 it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. 10 episodes. And now we got to wait a whole nother yeah. week. Now we got to wait another week and two more episodes. Two more episodes. Yeah. So good. I'm so sad. Yeah. All right. Wow. That was good. So are you, um, are you spoiled, Scott? Totally. <laughs> I don't have to watch it. I feel good. <laughs> you could just do what I did with um, She-Hulk. Just, just watch, watch the last don't, one. No, don't, <laughs> don't do that. No, last ep- no, no. you missed too much good stuff. I'll, I'll catch up. I will. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So, wow, we're an hour in. We haven't touched on Tales of the Jedi. So uh, whales, whales of the Jedi, sir. Whales, whales of, of the, the Jedi. Jedi. Just, just because I'm not, I'm not going to be in on this one as well. <laughs> yes, I like the whale. Thing. Uh, and and I got to get two seconds of my narcissistic voice on on air here. Yeah. Uh, uh, just real quick, November seventeenth is uh, the holiday special anniversary. Ooh. That's Life Day. Life Day. Life Day is the seventeenth. Is it now? 17th. They only celebrate Life Day. We only celebrate it three every three years. Is this? Oh, the third year? year i'm not All right, sure we'll find out now I that know either that involves math and uh <laughs> i'm out, out. <laughs> mm-hmm. math is hard math is hard uh the other thing real quick because we had a wonderful conversation about battle beyond the stars mm-hmm. yes uh, before this uh this podcast started uh pre-show stuff uh the ship was alive it was an organic entity voiced by a female actress and the name of the ship was nell nell carter it's oh i don't know is that why give me a break Greg. give me a break (laughs) is that why i don't Um, i don't know all i all i thought was if it had an ai that was alive it was a female character which the ship had breasts um mm-hmm. this predates the whole millennium falcon lando calrissian love affair thing going on so <laughs> from solo so john boy was getting it on with the big boob ship that's all i'm saying <laughs> wow you know i don't know if this is the third year i don't know what constitutes third year. if they're if they're talking about from 1978 when the show aired <laughs> I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm researching. Well, obviously here. that was a life day, right? So the next yeah. two were not, and then the third one was. See, this so. is math. math is hard. Now you're, now so it'd you're be eighty-one, eighty-four, eighty-seven, next year. Next, Next year. year. Okay. Funny that you just went through all of that, and 99, 2002, and 2005 were all Star Wars releases. Ooh. Coincidence? Hey, 
Does I that mean no. are we prognosticating we're going to get a new movie in 2023? Woo! Which one of the 27 <laughs> directors will be will be the off? first one out the gate? We'll just pull one out of a hat. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Do we want to touch a little bit on Tales of the Jedi? Or we want to save that for next week. What did you guys think of the Me- show? I I uh, enjoyed it. It was okay. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. It was fine. It was fine. What fine. about how about uh, getting some history on Dooku? That's pretty cool. I like that. I like, I like so this. the middle episodes. There's six episodes. The middle three are all Dooku centric. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like young Dooku. And then slightly jaded Dooku, and then really a bad guy, but just not showing it Dooku. Um, I thought that I thought that was interesting. It was a, it was a a good little prelude to Dooku in in Attack of the Clones, which is still a shitty movie, which is still the worst of the Star Wars movies. I didn't realize how how relevant Dooku was to the Jedi all the way up until all of that happened, you know, like yeah, I didn't realize he, how yeah. in it it was. Qui- Qui-Gon was his Padawan. Yeah. He's, Train Qui-Gon, he's pretty yeah. integral. Yeah. I knew that, but I mean, like as far as the timeline went, like they're talking mm. about like the, he fights, uh, what's her name? Yaddle. Right. And they kills bring up her. that he kills her, but they, she brings up to him. Well, he finds out that, um, Qui-Gon dies. Right, and that's kind of like the catalyst. I feel like for him, actually tipping over the edge. So, I don't know. To me, anyway, that's what it feels like. Now we could talk about that for a second. How about some Yaddle? Did we know? Yeah, did we hot know Yaddle, Yaddle was a Jedi. Yeah, we, we did. On the, she was on the Jedi Council. Yeah, Yaddle. I didn't realize she Yaddle gives up her was seat. on the Jedi Council. Wait, I didn't. I I, I knew that. You dropped out, Steve. What did you say? Oh, I don't think I realized Yaddle was on the Jedi Council. It, she's oh been, man, she's why was the, she sitting the, in the seat then? I, yeah, yeah, she's been one of the great <laughs> mysteries for years in Star Wars. The only other, up until Grogu showed up, she was the only other Yoda creature we'd ever seen. She's in the crowd shots of the Council in the Phantom Menace, but she doesn't have any speaking lines. Yeah, so we and then isn't the on the Council okay. in any of the other movies. And people are like, "What happened to Yaddle? Hmm. Where did Yaddle go?" Couldn't just be that she was there for George to produce action figures and make some money off of us. Could it be? No, there has to be a greater purpose to it. <laughs> and now we could know. have told us she was killed by Dooku. Could have told us that George mm-hmm. is she Grogu's mom? Is that why she left? Is that why Yoda went to exile on Dagobah to avoid child support payments? We don't know. <laughs> Many people are talking about it now. Just how does this? Does the Steve, time... How do you how do you not know all the Jedi Council members? We've got Adi Gallia, we got Flo Koon, <laughs> we got Yaddle, you got Opal Rancis. I mean, come on, man. You got Where Anakin are... Skywalker. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Damn. Those are the best memes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I knew that Anakin that uh, Yaddle was a, a council member on the Jedi Council. That's interesting. Hmm. This just slipped slip, slip through my uh, memory banks there. And you have the all-time greatest council member name ever, Yareel Poof. Come on. <laughs> Yareel Poof. Yareel Poof. That's the oh, dude boy. with the giant yeah. neck and the head that's sitting in the background. Striking, 
Fear of the, the Hearts of Enemies for years with that name. That's, that's the guy with the huge tracts of land. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now the other the other episode that I thought was cool was the very last episode with um, Ahsoka on the farm mm-hmm. trying to hide out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she takes on the uh, the dark. Yeah, Jedi after after Order sixty six, and she's a right. she's in hiding. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, that one that one I liked as well, just because that had a bit of a tie in with the Ahsoka novel, which came out may, almost ten years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. So, one mm-hmm. thing about Lucasfilm since Disney acquired them is they they have done a lot of world building through the the novels and the comic books. And that was one of the the few times I've seen a direct kind of reference or tie-in to what was going on in a novel or a comic book in kind of some of the mainline TV TV stuff that they're doing. So I en- I enjoyed it a lot for that that one element alone. Yeah, because she was hiding out on a farm mm-hmm. and calling herself um, Ashla, I think, in that book as well. <clears throat> It's a pretty good book. I yeah. I'd recommend it. Yeah, so that was cool. And then um at the very end of that episode, um are you are you sure you're ready to get back in and she nods yes. So are are we going to see Ahsoka in a live action series coming up pretty soon? We well, are, yeah. but it's set in I a just... different <laughs> but it's set in a different yeah. time time frame yeah right like it's it's that that that's post return of the jedi the live action yes. show this yeah. is kind of post revenge of the sith like yeah. the rebels timeline right right yeah could we see exactly. Ahsoka in the in a live action um andor andor era show I don't think so. I think it's more. I think it's more likely you get the remnants of what they were trying to do with Solo and Crimson Dawn. I mean, I think mm. they're dying to bring Darth Maul back in some way, shape, or form, mm. and they're kind of, you know, they, they, they've they've kind of pigeonholed themselves in where they have to put it in that between um, um, Solo and Rebels now because. Darth Maul dies again for real this time in Rebels. Spoiler alert for people who haven't watched that show. Mm. Uh, so you you have a real limited time of where you could use this Crimson Dawn entity. So I think that you end up seeing it, especially since they've already introduced, you know, some of the underworld elements with Mon Mothma's storyline. Um, that's where I thought they were going with that. Is I thought they were going to introduce some Mon- some Crimson Dawn stuff. I didn't know who this other guy was going to be. So my vacuum's turning on. I'm gonna turn okay. that off. I did See, love whenever how- whenever people say Crimson Dawn, I always think of that scene in Die Hard where the where Hans starts mouth where <laughs> and it's like I read about them in Time magazine and I know it's exactly. Asian Dawn, but I just I always flash on that. It's it's it, it's it got that same vibe to it. I completely agree. Uh, do you so, Greg? You had a lukewarm response, Steve. It sounds like you you liked it, Nico. It sounds like you liked it. Do you, would Scott you guys want to see? It. Would you guys like to see another round of Tales of the Jedi? Because I, I honestly would. I like this idea of doing these little vignettes focused around some of the characters or even an era of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Even though I was very lukewarm on it, I would. Because, you know, yeah, it was six episodes. They were 20 minutes each. You got to blast the whole thing out in like an hour and a half. Piece of cake. I think it'd be really cool to see 
season two take place, uh, season two of Tales of the Jedi, um, take place between episodes uh, six and seven. Mm. I I agree. I was also actually thinking I'd like to see them do some Tales of the Jedi focused on the the Rebels time time frame and some of the Rebels characters. There's lots of tales to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I so I haven't seen it. I can't really go off of what you guys have seen or what what it's presenting other than what you've said, but I would actually like to see what the actual comic book it's supposed to be based off of is and that's that's a tough draw for me and, and maybe for you guys as well but um it's pre prequels so it's it's some really interesting characters in there and i'd like to see some new stuff out there so just to see if they can handle the material anybody read the comics that was i have uh, a, yeah 93 to 98 according to the old wikipedia here yeah. I have the second series of Tales of the Jedi that came out. But, I don't but to, to, to your point, Nico and Scott, it might be a way, if they did a Tales of the Jedi themed around the High Republic, that might be a way to start bringing that era into the uh, into the TV and the films a little bit. Because there's a ton of oh. Jedi, ton of Jedi to yeah. tell stories about there. Right, so the High Republic, that's the new... Thing that disney's doing right that's like all the pre prequel stuff that's but that's yeah, it's like their... a thousand it's like a thousand years ago it's uh, i don't know if it's a thousand years ago because there's a very there, there's a very, young, a very y- young there's a young yoda that's in there it's not like grogu young but there is a he's a young jedi yoda okay, okay. so maybe 500 years ago sorry yeah but okay. it's 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 a it's a ways before okay yeah um, and you know that that's actually another piece of news that we're that we didn't mention at the top of the show. Good place to put it here is they have started production on the Acolyte. The Acolyte yep. is the other yes. live action show um, that is going to be based in the High Republic era um, era. And there's a bunch of cast members that I haven't heard of except for Carrie Ann Moss, who was I Trinity am, in the Matrix. I am very excited about that because I think she's a very underrated actress. She was great in Jessica Jones as well. If you saw Jessica oh, Jones, mm-hmm. she was really good in that show. Oh, so um, good. And then so she did the Ma- all the Matrix movies, of course. And then she had a real good role in uh, Memento, the Christopher Nolan backwards movie, Memento. Mm. Fantastic film. Yeah. Acolyte looks interesting. I, I'm, I'm excited for that one. I still have a DVD of Memento that has a, a sequential version of the movie on it as an option to watch. That's like the Criterion Collection yeah, version, I, isn't I, it? Yeah. I, I have never seen that reproduced in any other format. It's one of the few yeah. DVDs that I still have. Huh. Yep. Have you watched it in sequential order? Yep. Yeah. Oh. It's it's really fucking weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie is weird already but wow watching it in watching it in the real time with the dude like he because he never remembers anything you know so it's like you know you're going through his same kind of psychosis when you're watching it the way it's produced yeah but to see him do it you're like god this guy's just a fucking idiot (laughs) (laughs) it's like hey greg how you doing who the hell are you man like like we just met we We just just met it's well, every every <laughs> segment is like that. It can happen because of this. I mean, frankly, sometimes exactly. you know. <laughs> exactly. So good. All right. What else we got? 
Anything else? Any other news? Do we forget anything? Uh, Live action Indiana Jones series in development at Disney Plus. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Who is going to be Indiana Jones? Place your bets now. Chris Pratt. River Phoenix. I hope not Chris Pratt. I like Chris Pratt. Oh, wow. Chris Pratt. I was going to do that to you, man. (laughs) No, no. No, no. Alden, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, let's do that. Would be great, actually. He can just sit there and re- really ne- next will be in Air back. Force One, the remake. He'll be in every. He'll just remake all Harrison Ford movies. So he he'll do. Sta- he just stands oh. in every episode. Like- oh my god. Um, I I was excited hmm. about that. I just because I have fond memories of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which was the the spinoff prequel TV series on ABC like a lifetime ago. So I have I have some probably unfounded high hopes for that as a product on Disney Plus. I was kind of intrigued that it's going to be on Disney Plus as opposed to Paramount Plus because I thought Paramount had distribution rights for Indiana Jones, but perhaps that's just the movies. Oh, yeah. I haven't I haven't dug into that too much. Yeah, maybe there was some sort yeah. of contract deal for TV properties or something or I don't know. I'm just quietly imagining what it would be like to get the call. To saying, you know, like, congratulations, you're going to be the next Indiana Jones. I mean, how cool would that be? That would be. What amazing. do you think about playing the young Darth Vader, Jake Lloyd? How do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, I know. Let's call Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> wow. Okay. Jasper and I were having a conversation the other day about young Jake Lloyd and how that role kind of fucked up the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Did he ever do anything else other than the Phantom Menace? Was he ever in anything else? Well, oddly enough, he was the driver in that car chase you were telling us about <laughs> at the top of the show. That's <laughs> oh earlier tonight. I would not be surprised. He was using the, the force, man, to get around all those cops and those bullets that they fucking fired at his ass. I'm I'm going right to hell, but I made Nico smile a little bit with that comment, so I feel like my evening is complete. He played yeah. he played Mark Armstrong in Apollo Eleven. Yeah, so he oh, was, that was uh, yeah Armstrong's kid. Well, that was pr- prior to oh, it was oh yeah uh, was he it? was in J- Jingle All the Way? Jingle All the Way, yeah. Well, he was in that movie too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a terrible movie. It, Star Wars like literally killed him after 99. I don't. Wow. That's just. That's sad. Yeah. That poor kid. Mm. George Lucas. Thanks, George. Way to no, go. He, Way to ruin He was in a movie called. I thought it would be a really good addition to the franchise. Oh. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys have watched the documentary on the Phantom Menace DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Where it, it shows the the casting call yeah. for that, yeah, yeah, his, it, his audition it, tape or whatever it was. But the other one that's on that is is what's his name from uh, M Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan uh, Haley Mons. Haley oh, yeah. Joel Osment. Osment. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I'm I was like, going to say Eric Stoltz, but that was the wrong movie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Who man. at least Haley Joel Osment is still working. He also has. I think he's gone through some rough patches himself, but at least he's still working. Yeah. So, 
Mm. M. Night Shyamalan didn't ruin him completely. Shyamalama ding dong. Shyamalama ding dong. All right. I'm yeah, sensing dude, a lull. Let's get out of here. on jake lloyd that's just the saddest way to end a podcast poor jake poor young jake let's hope the wretched hive podcast doesn't do that to nico rodriguez jake hmm. lloyd also ended on jake lloyd just so you just want you to know yeah that. Oh, oh i hate to ask alive or dead jake lloyd he's alive right but you question it. I know. <laughs> the, dude is, the, dude is not that, the dude is not that old. I mean, he's around Nico's well, age, really. He had some rough times. And it's very possible he's dead. He was dude, this born, just uh, went dark. Man. He was <laughs> oh, wow. born in 1989. Yeah, Nico's born in 90, Ooh. so there you go. Yeah. Hope he's doing okay. Hope you're okay, Jake, if you're out there. If you want to come on the show, give me a call. At the Red Shive Hotline. At 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. If you can't spell HIVE, H-I-V-E, do it. Call us. Um, I had on the Wretched Hive hotline, we just got a message from Jake Lloyd. Oh, what does so, he say? What does he say, Greg? Here, here it is. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. Wow. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, he moved to London. So, yeah. <laughs> he, he sounds like a 20-something British female all of a sudden. <laughs> Oh, we just got another one. Here's another oh, message from Jake okay, Floyd right okay, now. Go ahead. Damn it, Steve, when I find you, I'll kill you! Wow, wow, wait, he really doesn't like you. That oh, escalated man. quickly. <laughs> anger, got some anger issues. The dark side. Because you thought he was dead. The dark side is encompassed, Jake, for sure. <laughs> wow. Well, if you've ever been threatened by Jake Lloyd, give, <laughs> give us a call at the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562-455-4483. I Guys, think he has the time in jail. I was going to say, something tells me we might get phone calls now. Yeah, no yeah. Kidding. yeah, we might. There's some issues. <laughs> Episode 239 Ooh. is in the books, guys. Any final thoughts? Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> nope, we're done. No more thoughts. Well, everybody. Tight, America. Have a great couple of weeks. <laughs> I hope you went out and voted because that was a week ago. It's too late now. Take care and may the force be with us all. A week ago? He has been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. (laughs) All these problems that we are going to get so fucking called out on. (laughs) Well, look, it's my job on this show to make inappropriate jokes about people and, and their medical conditions or, and or physical appearance. So that, that's why I did what I did. And And or or physical, physical appearance. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm sure I made fun of somewhere and Steve edited it out. I did. Yeah. I, yes. And, uh, I think um, got edited out as well. That was not me. Hang on. That was not me. And it was medical. Right. Oh my God. You're making this worse than it was, Steve. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. yeah. In, in January 20, 2020, his family issued a statement saying that he's moved closer to his family and was officially diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, poor guy. That's, and that's here's a go. quote from Jake also. Star Wars merchandise. 
uh, he has burned all of his Star Wars merchandise and that he cannot ever watch the movies again, calling them creepy. He says he has learned to hate appearing in front of movie cameras. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get some feedback on that. At night, he fact, just hears. Send, you know what? I'm going to send feedback right now, you <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> you bastards. <What>? Insensitive <laughs> punks. Oh, Faster, more energy. Come on, Jake. Faster, more energy. Faster, more tense. <laughs> more tense. Come on, Jake. It's all he hears. <laughs> now this is pod racing. Dude, I wasn't even in the movies, and that's all I hear. Wizard! <laughs> oh. uh, you know, I rewatched I rewatched recently the uh, Robot Chicken Star Wars special, and the one bit that just always <laughs> oh makes God. me laugh is where Jar Jar comes back to Anakin when he's Darth Vader and is like, <laughs> is like all excited about, oh, Annie, I'm back, yay! And so... <laughs> Anakin is Darth Vader, throws him into an airlock and launches him into a space. And then, and then Jar Jar comes back as a force ghost and just haunts Darth Vader the whole time. <laughs> Me so sparkly glowy now. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And the best oh. part about it is it's Ahmed Best, too. It's Ahmed Best doing the Jar Jar voice again. So maybe oh, is it really? So it's a dead on impersonation of himself. That's exactly. fantastic. I, hey, at least uh, <laughs> at least Hayden's getting some uh, some cred back, you know. Right. Good for him. You know, I uh, that uh, robot chicken. I I never laughed so hard as the uh, when the emperor t- he's he's in his office and he takes a call from Vader, who's just been blown up. He just you know tried to blow up the Death Star or tried to defeat the the rebels, and he's been yeah. out in space. And he's like, he's like, what? You've been in space? How long? Two weeks. He's like, he's like, my God, you must smell like two-week-old burnt bacon. So you funny. smell like burnt hair wrapped in bacon. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! The first time I saw it, I was literally rolling on the ground crying. And my kids, what like, the hell wrong? is an aluminum falcon? <laughs> he's like, I, he's I still like, love the Family Guy special, Blue Harvest. They're yeah, uh, the, the, the parody of the first Star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, wait, so wait, good. hold on one second. Uh, I need some lunch. Yeah, ice tea. <laughs> uh, yeah, club sandwich. And I see. <laughs> wait a second. This is a great couch. We're taking this with us. Hang on. You grab that end. I got this end. 